So, today's a weird scripture. Just, I want to prepare you for that. We don't read it very often, and it's from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1-12. through 12. If you'd like to read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles on page 325. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. Can you guess what's going to happen? But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. In this and these sacred pages of scripture, we encounter these stories that resonate deeply within our souls and stirring within us profound truths about life and faith and our relationship with the divine. Today we go into the narrative of Elijah and Elisha. 
a tale of mentorship and succession and the enduring power of God's call upon humanity. As we enter into this scene, we witness the culmination of Elijah's ministry on earth. Elijah, a figure reminiscent of the great prophet Moses, stands as a towering beacon of God's power and righteousness. Yet even in the mightiest among us, eventually we must all yield to the divine plan. Verses 11 through 12 vividly portray Elijah's departure as he's swept away in a chariot of fire, leaving behind a legacy that would echo through the annals of history. Now, Elijah's departure marks the beginning of Elisha's ascent to prominence. Elisha, the faithful disciple who shadowed his mentor with unwavering dedication, now stands poised to inherit Elijah's mantle. This transition highlights the timeless truth that God is faithful to raise up new voices and leaders for each generation, ensuring the continuity of his divine work on earth. Elijah, in his final moments, imparts wisdom and blessing upon his protege, affirming Elisha's readiness to carry on the prophetic legacy And it is a moment of profound significance as the mantle of leadership is passed from master to disciple, ensuring the work of God will continue unabated. Okay, so that's all fine and good. But we don't ever follow it as human beings. We have this idea that we can be the leaders forever. We don't like other people to be in charge. We we complain that we wish that there were, but really, at the end of the day, we struggle with allowing other people to be in leadership. You see, the passing of Elijah's mantle to Elisha serves as this reminder of God's sovereignty in appointing leaders within his community. You see, leaders are not self-appointed. Rather, they are called and affirmed by God's Spirit in the community of faith. Elisha's journey from disciple to successor exemplifies this divine orchestration of leadership from succession, underscoring the importance of humility, obedience, and faithfulness in answering God's call. This is hard for us to understand. How often do we ever think about the leadership roles that we've taken up in the community? I get this a lot from community organizations, and they call me up and they say, hey, uh, do you have anybody that would be willing to do this? Because we're just really having a hard time uh, finding someone to do this. And they give me a list of names, and, or I give them a list of names, and they go, yeah, but I just don't know if they can do it. I, I just don't know if they should be doing it. And yet, at the same time, we have this struggle with recognizing that Elijah passes it on to Elisha by being a mentor. Now, I realize that those of you that come to the 815 service have recognized that my 815 service and my 1030 sermons are totally different. That's not on purpose, but it is on purpose. For those of you that are watching online, you'll notice that I am wearing this uniform, and this is kind of a big deal for me because in the 815 service, I spent a lot of time on deacons, which I'm not done yet. But in this service, I want to talk a little bit about what I learned from scouting. 
In scouting, the most important thing about being a leader is passing on the mantle from one person to the next. The idea is, is that every single person in our troop will at some point or another have a leadership role. And our job is to teach them how to do that so that they can find success. To be an eagle scout means that you have put everything aside and focused in on your leadership abilities. You've earned merit badges. You've done countless hours of conserva uh, conservation work and taking care of the community with your community service. It is not something to be just looked at and said, oh, well, they did this. It's so cute. These young people have sp spent their entire childhood, if you will, and their adolescence trying to learn what it means to be an adult or a leader. This uniform holds very spe uh, specific significance to me in the sense that it's a venturing uniform. When, the uni uh, when we first started uh, putting uh, women officially into scouting, we started with venture crews. And the objective was, is anybody over the age of 14 could join a venture crew and they could do everything that Boy Scouts could. And we still taught the same leadership skills and qualities that we taught to our young men. So 20 years ago, that's how long it's, I've had this shirt. The year that Madeline was born, by the way, which, by the way, she was also born on the same day that scouting was created. I think that was on purpose. Just saying. In the midst of all of those things, I learned what it meant to be a leader from scouting. In the same way that I was taught what it meant to be a church leader by our deacons and our elders who encouraged me to be in scouting, that encouraged me to finish my eagle. And I need to pass this on. There's this idea that we all will never die. So we don't ever pass on the knowledge and the wisdom of what it means to do our job in the church or even in the community. Think of the image and the, the thing that Elijah is passing on to Elisha. And Elisha just naively says, just give me everything that you've had twice. <laughs> and Elijah looks at him and says, I don't know if that's what you really want. Elijah's instructions to Elisha are to stay put, even as they journey from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho. They speak volumes about their respective senses of mission and their relationship to each other. Elijah, cognizant of his impending departure, encourages Elisha to remain steadfast, demonstrating his confidence in Elisha's ability to carry on the work entrusted to him. And Elisha, in turn, honors his mentor's wishes faithfully accompanying him until the appointed time. How often do we do that in leadership, church? How often do we equip others for the future? We struggle with this, even outside the aspect of church. Now I'm going to get on a soapbox for just a minute. It's going to be more than a minute. 
The willingness that Elisha has to follow, learn, and ultimately step into the fullness of one's calling, just as Elisha followed his master resolutely until the appointed time, so too are we called to journey alongside God, trusting in his provision and guidance every step of the way. This passing of the mantle from Elijah to Elisha symbolizes the continued availability of individuals who will proclaim the word of the Lord even after we have gone ensuring that God's ministry endures through successive generations. Let us consider for just a moment the roles that we assume in our own lives and communities. Are we the ones passing on mission and blessing, or are we the ones receiving a commissioning from one another? In our faith tradition, in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, we believe in the idea and the statement of the priesthood of all believers. Once one has been baptized and once one has professed their faith in Jesus Christ, they have the ability and the opportunity to serve one another in just the same way that I can as your minister. The ways that we do that are with our deacons, our elders, our worship leaders, our board, and our executive committee. So here's where I'm going to get on the soapbox. Deacons are extremely important to the ministry and work of the church. I hope that the phrase, all you have to do is serve communion and take up the offering, leaves our vocabulary once and for all. Biblically, deacons are the hands and feet of the church. And when somebody asks you, as a nominating committee would, hey, would you be willing to serve as a deacon? It is not just simply to fill up a calendar. We are asking you from the abilities that we see in you to serve our congregation, and we desperately desire your leadership and guidance in our church. And when we ask you, and you take that moment of discernment, and you pray, and you come to the realization that I just don't feel like this is my time, that's okay. I don't ever want anyone to serve as a deacon out of obligation. I want you to do it out of a sense of calling. They are the hands and feet of our church. In the same way that we talk about elders, in the New Testament, they are the bishops, the overseers. They are the spiritual guides of our congregation. And no, their job is not just to pray at the table. They're to be praying for and with you at all times of your life. They're the ones that you want sitting at your bedside. They're the ones that you want putting hands on you and praying over you for healing. They're the ones that you want to ordain you in the aspect of your calling. And where do we get this? The Bible. Not just our bylaws. These are the ways that we mentor and do these things. And here's the part that for some reason we can't get through our thick skulls. When you have been called by God, that doesn't just end with a term. If you're a deacon and elder and the congregation has prayed and laid hands on you in the name of God and the Holy Spirit, you have been called till your last dying breath. And... 
we serve terms. But that's second to the calling. Imagine what it would look like if if everyone in the world look at deacons and elders as something that just happens. Oh, yeah, I served as a deacon this last, last year. And, you know, I, I mean, all I had to do is do the, to take up the offering and serve the communion. And it didn't really, you know, it wasn't that hard. Then have that person talk to Elisha. Have that person talk to the disciples. Jesus puts this onus upon them and says something to the effect of when we go do these things, we do this in my name. I mean, this is, this is important. In what ways have you become one of these characters? Are you the one that passes on the mission and blessing? Are, are you like Jesus, teaching your disciples everything that you need to know and then passing on that legacy to them, realizing that they will be able to do it even after he is resurrected and ascended into heaven? The one who passes on mission and blessing is is identifying those with special spiritual gifts and empowering them to lead us into the next generation. The hard part is, is that we have to allow them to do that. They might not do it the way we do. They might not act the way we do. They definitely don't look the way that we do. We have to be okay with, well, they might not do it my way. But if I have mentored them, if I have cared for them, if I have taught them the ways that when that that succession or that mantle is passed on, we have to have the faith that we'll be carried away and taken care of. In the same way, Elijah doesn't even blink an eye when he gets carried away on a chariot of fire. I don't know about you all, but if I saw a chariot of fire coming out of the heavens, I'd be freaking out. Instead, he just rides it like, uh, what is it, Marvel's Ghost Rider. Like, he doesn't even care. Just jumps on it, takes off. And of course, Elisha is, is, is weeping. He, the person that has loved him, that spent time with him, that took care of him, that taught him what he was supposed to be doing, has left him now to say, now it is your job to teach the people of Israel what God has put on your mouth. What if we retold this story, just for a second? In the land of Israel, during a time of great turmoil and spiritual unrest, There lived two men, Elijah, the mighty prophet of God, and Elisha, his devoted disciple. Elijah, knowing that his time on earth was drawing to a close, embarked on a journey with Elisha, faithfully shadowing his every step. And as they traveled from place to place, Elijah urged Elisha to remain behind, recognizing the weight of the task that lay ahead. Yet Elisha remained resolute, in his determination to accompany his mentor until his very last breath. Upon reaching the banks of the Jordan River, Elijah performed a miraculous feat, parting the waters of the Jordan, allowing them to cross on dry ground, so dry that their feet did not even touch water. It was here, 
in this sacred moment that Elijah's departure drew near. A chariot of fire pulled by horses of fire descended from heaven, enveloping Elijah in a whirlwind and carrying him away into the realms of eternity. And with tears in his eyes, a heavy heart filled with grief, Elisha beheld the departure of his beloved mentor, knowing that he was now called to step into the shoes of the great prophet. And as Elijah ascended into heaven, his mantle fell to the ground, a symbol of the divine succession that had taken place. As we can contemplate the narrative of Elijah and Elisha, I want you to consider our own congregation's story of calling and confirmation we recognize that we are the priesthood of all believers called to proclaim the word of God and serve as instruments of God's grace and love in the world. Amen? I don't believe you. Let's do that one more time. As the Christian church disciples of Christ, we are ordained at, and as the priesthood of all believers called to proclaim the word of God and serve as instruments of God's grace and love in the world. Amen? Thank you. Through the laying of hands and ordination, we commission individuals for various ministries, praying for them to receive the gift of the Spirit and empowering them to fulfill their divine calling. And just as Elijah passed on his mantle to Elisha, so too are we called to invest in the next generation. And this is not an age thing, church. This is a person. We are seeing them for their heart. We don't care how old they are. We just want to see them serve God. Amen? equipping and empowering them to carry forward the work of God in our midst. So in that moment, let us embrace our roles as mentors and protégés, recognizing that the legacy of leadership is not ours to hoard, but to share, ensuring that God's ministry continues to thrive and flourish in our community and beyond. Let us pray. Almighty God, may we, like Elisha, embrace the call to follow faithfully, trusting in God's provision and guidance as we journey forward in faith. And may we, in turn, pass on the mantle of leadership to future generations, ensuring that God's ministry continues to bear fruit and bring about transformation in our world. As we depart from this place, let us carry with the lessons gleaned from Elijah and Elisha's journey, lessons of mentorship and succession and the enduring power of God's call upon our lives. And may we walk in obedience and humility, ever mindful of the profound truth that we are called to be oikonomos, or stewards of God's grace, passing on the mantle of leadership to those who will come after us. Amen.